The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning and welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Appreciate you tuning in here. It is 8.02 on your Tucson Monday. And uh, we also have the uh, the live stream available to you. If you uh, cannot listen on the radio on one of the two avenues of the uh, of the radio dial, you can always go to ESPNTucson.com and to the website and just click Listen Now. And uh, you can listen on any device that is going to access the Internet for you. And uh, you can listen there, and we appreciate you. I also appreciate the, the uh, those of you who are interacting on Twitter right now. It's kind of blowing up the uh, the, the poll right now, up to eighty seven votes. Ninety percent of you say win the damn thing. I concur. I'm like I'm with you. Like <laughs> it's funny. I don't it, like. I try to. I try to leave things open. Like, like when I post stuff on Twitter, like there are times where I will be absolute. Like this is my opinion. 100% right here. There's no discussion about this. But when I'm asking you guys a question, I want you guys to discuss. Like, here's here's the open-ended question. I want you to discuss. I want to see your opinions. I have my opinion already. What is the opinion of my subscribers, of my listeners, of readers, or whatever, you know, whatever have you? I want to know what, what you guys think. So head over to at UAZ Voice. That's on Twitter. You can give me a follow there and uh, and uh, vote on the on the poll that I have there. Should Arizona tank the Pac-12 tournament, or should they continue their dominance of the Pac-12 and win the damn thing? Let me know. Uh, So the Arizona football team has already had some practices, and according to the media that has attended these practices, uh, T-Mac, wide receiver, freshman wide receiver, T-Mac, Tetaroa McMillan (laughs) has has not disappointed. Like, yeah. Yeah. I spoke with one member of the media that uh, that saw some of the things happening out there, and his response was, "He's so much better than I expected him to be." And th- this is somebody who didn't get a chance to watch him a whole lot, um, and I-, I can't wait to get myself to a practice to be able to see. Of course, we got the spring game coming up. I don't has it has it been announced? I don't know if it's been. I'm looking around my my office here. Like, has anybody announced? Like, does anybody know here if it's been announced? I'm looking around at nobody. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's been announced or not. But the uh, the spring game is coming up soon. Uh, yes, here it is. Spring game, April 9th. It has been announced. Yay! Uh, we have a, an official announcement. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to be like, you know. Doing you know doing the the department dirty by saying the uh, dropping the uh, the the date for the uh, the Wildcat spring football game. So there you go, spring game on April 9th. So looking forward to at least that. But I'd like to go and see a couple of practices and uh, get down to Tucson for uh, for a couple of practices to see what these uh, what this team looks like. What's the 2022 Arizona football program? What's this team going to look like? Um, some of the notes in in the the. Uh, I guess the, the the observations that have taken place at the practices that they've had so far, just a few practices, specifically like on the quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I, without really meeting him and without seeing him in person, I wanted to kind of give Noah Fafita kind of like the the Anu Solomon kind of feel, because when Anu when he committed to Arizona and he decided to, to, you know, to come here for Rich Rod and play for Rich Rod, 
when I saw him at the um, uh, which, whichever whichever game the like the the U.S. Army the Army North South game or what you know which, whichever one it was that he played in, and you know those games are largely dominated by the defense. They're usually pretty low scoring games, considering you, you know all the talent is on offense. It's just it's tough to get eleven kids to play in concert with one another after four days of practice. Uh, it's just it's just very very difficult. That game was scoreless until Anu Solomon got in the game, and his two drives culminated in two touchdowns, one in which he trucked a, a safety at the goal line uh, to get into the end zone, and he was practically carried off of the field on the shoulders of his teammates, teammates that had been his teammate for four days. Like, that's the kind of leadership that Anu Solomon would bring. You know, and I remember, you know, I had my radio show back then. I did a different radio show back then, and I remember saying that, there are 10 players on the field that will run through a wall for Anu Solomon. They will do whatever it takes because he's that kind of a leader. I kind of get the feeling that Noah Fafita is the same way, that he is a guy who is kind of like the, the natural-born leader because of his moxie and his, his competitive nature, like how, how he competes on the field and just how likable of a kid he is off the field. I feel like there's – there's going to be that same kind of a of a reaction from the players with Noah Fafita, which is going to cause problems for Jed Fish and this coaching staff because they have look they have talented quarterbacks on this roster. You bring in Jaden Delora, who is the freshman offensive player of the year in the conference, to be your transfer quarterback, a guy who is you know, already thrown for thousands of yards in this conference and touchdowns and he's seen all the teams and been in the stadiums and you know he knows. You know he he knows the, the you know the the facilities and he he knows the layout. He knows the groundwork, and then you're going to have a guy like Noah Fafita, who's just a natural born leader, who the guys are going to gravitate towards. And look, I, I'm not saying that Jaden Delora isn't that guy. I don't know Jaden Delora that well. I, I don't, you know, I, I mean I don't know Noah Fafita that well either. But just from talking to people who have been around him for the last year or two, uh, that's the kind of vibe that I get from him. So it's going to be a very interesting. Um, battle this spring for those two quarterbacks. I think, uh, no, no offense to you know the other quarterbacks that are in that room um, who have have played well. I mean, a couple of them aren't even going to be ready to play. You know, Gunnar Maldonado, you know, uh, or not Gunnar Maldonado. Sorry, sorry. Gunnar Cruz uh, probably not going to be you know not going to be ready to go right away. Um, you know, and I, I, you know McLeod is. You know, he's what's what's his recovery going to be looking like? So there's plenty of talent in that room, and, and again, no, you know, don't, no disrespect to them, but the the competition between Noah Fafita and Jaden Delora is going to be heated. It's going to be tense, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an eye-opening experience for I think those coaches who are now going to be like, instead of what happened last year, which is like. Neither, you know, none of the quarterbacks rose to the top. It was one of those situations where I remember we, we, you know, we were talking with uh, Jed Fish about it, or you know, whomever on the offensive staff, and you know, whether it's Brendan Carroll or whomever, they were like, "Well, you know, this, uh, we haven't really decided on any of the quarterbacks because none of them have really shown up the way we expected them to. Like they're not, they're not playing to the level that we need them to be at. So, you know, it's like, okay." Uh, We'll just choose kind of who the guy who's making the fewest mistakes, I guess. This year is going to be different because they have experience throughout that quarterback room. They have 
a, a great moxie freshman coming in. They've got a transfer coming in who has a ton of experience in this conference. Uh, and I shouldn't say a ton of experience. Plenty of experience and lots of success in this conference in Jaden Laura. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough situation for those coaches, I think. Uh, but it's good. Like these, this is a good problem to have, right? We say that all the time. It's a good problem to have to have you know these types of guys. So um, excited about that. Excited about the wide receiver core. Have heard a lot of great things. You know, of course, obviously, I mentioned T Mac already. Tataroa McMillan, Jacob Cowing, who's the transfer who just set his conference ablaze last year. Uh, and and look, guys that are coming back for Arizona. One of them being a guy that we didn't get a chance to see play last year, and Mayjean Wright, who. When we saw him his freshman season in Kevin Sumlin's final year, uh, I think with like the final th- three, four games of the season, he was catching balls and running away from guys. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> this guy's got some juice. Like, we, we can play with this dude. And then he transferred and came back, and I'm like, okay. So that, uh, that wide receiver room, all of a sudden, tons of talent and lots of potential, young, young potential in that wide receiver room. Uh, look, you know, the questions in the trenches are still going to persist for this team, as are for a lot of the teams in the Pac-12. I mean, unless you're USC or Oregon, you're going to have questions about who's playing in the trenches for you. And even, look, like Oregon, as good as they've been, and, of course, with Mario Cristobal being there and, and recruiting offensive and defensive linemen the way that, that he had, um, you know, they, they – uh, Oregon still struggled as well in, in certain areas. I mean, their offensive line wasn't very good last year, to be honest with you. I mean, it really wasn't. And uh, it was part of the reason why they struggled so much offensively. So, you know, it's difficult to recruit bigs to the Pac-12. And we saw we saw what a, some good bigs can do for you, right? I mean, like, when you watch the, the, the national championship game, you got Alabama and Georgia in the national championship game. Their offensive and defensive linemen, all of them are NFL ready at that point, basically. I mean, like every single dude that lined up on both sides of the ball for both teams, like they're all NFL ready. And then you watch at the combine and you, you see Evan Neal. And look, I've been praising Evan Neal ever since last season, before last season began. Uh, he's an absolute house of a human being. He's got good technique that is only going to get better. Good footwork, great hands. He's got huge size, uh, and he's got a great demeanor for the position of left tackle. He shows up, takes his shirt off at at the combine. Okay, three hundred and thirty-seven pounds, I think he was. He looked like he was two fifty, and you're like, oh, oh. you know, and, and like there are there there have been coaches in the past. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Parcells was always a big, like a big proponent of this. Like Bill Parcells would always say, I know what an elite athlete looks like. They have a certain look to them, essentially. Like he, and, and that's kind of what he went with. He would, he would give athletes the eye test, like before even seeing them play. Like you have to look good out of your uniform. And he knew what, what, you know, what a, what a pro looked like. Evan Neal shows up six, eight, 337 pounds. Looks like, you know, just average kind of dad bod with a, you know, with a little bit of, you know, rounded shoulders and a little bulk to him. And then you're like, oh, this dude different. And then you could look at guys like Jordan Davis, defensive tackle for Georgia. And you think he's just some fat 340-pound nose tackle that is a run stopper. Then he lines up in the 40 in his track stance and runs a 478 
And everybody all of a sudden is like, um, did he just run like a tight end uh, 40 at 341 pounds or whatever he clocked in at and then put up 26 reps on the bench press? Okay, uh, we're moving him up our draft board. I mean, just sick athletes, man. Pac-12 still doesn't, still not able to recruit a whole lot of those guys. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau was impressive uh, in some of his workouts at the Combine over the weekend. But you look at him and you're like, okay, he's, he's an edge rusher. That's about as good uh, as, as an edge rusher as the Pac-12 is going to see. You know, that's, that's, that's about as good as they get there. But you don't get those Evan Neal-looking left tackles, man. Not since Jonathan Ogden was at UCLA. And I remember seeing John Ogden at, at UCLA, and I was on the field. And I walked by him, and he blotted out the sun. And I was like, that, that man is huge. Because like, I'm, you know, I'm close with Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln Kennedy and I did a, did a radio show together for, uh, for a little while. And uh, Big Link is all of six foot eight and all of 340 pounds. And he don't look like Evan Neal. Like, <laughs> like it, it's, it's very different. Very, very different. Uh, so this group of of guys coming out here in the uh, in the NFL Combine, that Combine this weekend was um, it, I, I wasn't expecting a lot of these things that I saw uh, over the weekend. I, like I was just kind of here at the house doing some work, you know, working on some things, and I, I had it on. Just I just you know this this is the weekend of the year where I just turn on NFL Network and just leave it on there. Like it, the TV never gets turned off; it's just always on. Um, and it's always on NFL Network unless I'm checking out either, you know, if the Wildcats have an away game or if there's like a Suns game or something I need to watch or whatever. But it just stayed on NFL Network all weekend, just checking in and being like, oh, uh, the DBs are running their 40s right now. Or uh, the linebackers are doing their bench press. Or, oh, let's look, uh, let's watch the cone drills. Or let's watch the quarterbacks throw. You know, I think that was, I don't want to say disappointing because I don't think we came into this NFL draft or, or you know, this, this, this scouting combine thinking that the quarterbacks were going to light up the room with their ability and their pizzazz uh, because there are essentially there's five guys, okay? There's, there's, there's five quarterbacks that are considered to be, you know, let's, let's start looking. If teams that need a quarterback are going to start looking at these dudes, there's five of them, okay? All five of them are very different, very different. Like, they, they, they couldn't – like, there's no – there's no way to compare any two of the quarterbacks that are in this class. You just kind of say, all right, here's this guy. He's Malik Willis. Here's Kenny Pickett. You know, you have to kind of go just go down the list and be like, these guys all do things differently. But I will say this. What I saw from Malik Willis is the one thing that, well, first of all, you can't coach, you can't teach, and that's just a cannon for an arm. And it looked so effortless coming out of his hand. And he was – dropping dimes and it looked good and again this is against air there's no defense coming at him he's not having to read a defense this is going to take him time to be an nfl caliber quarterback a guy who can stand in the pocket and deliver a ball but he's already got one thing that those other quarterbacks don't have that's a 65 yard arm with touch and the way that kid was throwing the football like it's it's when you it, it, a lot of people are like oh like Jamarcus Russell no, no Jamarcus Russell was just a slinger like he he just he would just go out and throw the ball as hard as he could he didn't have, he didn't have touch on the ball he could just throw the ball really really damn far okay he was fun to watch he was a sideshow act Malik Willis was throwing touch passes he was throwing not just fly patterns but he was throwing 
cross, you know, essentially like, you know, throwing from one, from the left hash to the, to the right sideline, deep outs. Like, those are tough to complete because you're trying to throw the football at such a, at such a bizarre angle. You have, to put, you have to put, like, some of that curve on it so that the ball is going straight, essentially, when the receiver is coming underneath it to catch the ball. You don't want the receiver being taken out of bounds. You can't just throw it on a line that you kind of have to curve the ball. It's so impressive. Like, the way these guys throw the football nowadays is just ridiculous. Uh, things that we didn't see, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Um, but when you watch Malik Willis and what he did, I was like, that's like, that's like, that's, that's Josh Allen vibes right there. Like the, that's straight up Josh Allen vibes. I remember watching Josh at the combine and I uh, got to see him a couple times at Wyoming and you just, there's just something different about him. And yeah, made a lot of mistakes and there were things that, that needed to be corrected and will be corrected. But when you have that explosive arm like that, you have that arm talent, like that stuff you can't coach folks. And every one of these NFL teams have guys that they're, 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 you know, they've invested millions of dollars into coaching quarterbacks. In, you know, whatever coaches they bring in, they've invested millions of dollars into that position. You have to. They're going to get their hands on a guy like Malik Willis, on a guy like Josh Allen, and they're going to turn them into a, a, an NFL quarterback whether they like it or not. That's, that's what they get paid for. Now, can a, a guy like Malik Willis – can he, you know, how quickly can he grasp how good is the coaching he's going to get from whatever team he happens to go to? But, you know, these are all variables and things like that. But when you watch how he throws a football, like, it's just different, man. Like, it's just different. And that's what, like, that's what you, in a draft like this where nobody, there's not one single quarterback that stands out, there's no Trevor Lawrence, you know, there's no, there's, it's not a situation like that. You have to say, who's got the most, potential who's got the most special value about them and i think it's malik willis i think he he made strides for himself in the nfl draft by uh, by showing up at the combine and doing what he did but there were some really really impressive performances man uh the dbs showed out yesterday um whether it was uh you know whether it was kyle hamilton the safety from from notre dame he ran a four five nine forty but look he's a safety and that's okay like he's got size um, all of the other drills he he did, he looked really good. But there were some burners, man. There was uh, the kid from Baylor who came one one hundredth of a second from tying John Ross's all time uh, forty mark in the uh, at the combine. He ran a four two three to John Ross's four two two. And then there was the uh, the kid from University of Texas San Antonio. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Tavon, Tavon something, Tavon Brown or something like that. Anyway, six four and a half, two hundred and I think he's like two hundred and eight pounds. Six four and a half, two hundred eight pound corner with a seventy nine inch wingspan, seventy nine inch reach. A huge kid ran a four two six, and I'm like, oh, oh, that young man just made himself an extra three million dollars. With running that four two six, extra three million because he's got size. He's six four and a half. He looks like a. He almost looks like a tight end out there. He's gonna play corner. Holy smokes! It's man, I tell you, these athletes, the the advancements that have been made, of course, in technology are really really paying dividends for young athletes. And man, what I wouldn't give to be 
I mean, look, there's there's a lot of you know a, a lot of how I I love how I was brought up and um, you know the the era that I in which that I was able to to come up and and you know work out with and things like that. And obviously, there were technological advancements when I was there that weren't available to me, uh, you know, available to the people 25 years before me. But man, with all of the advancements in technology today and all of the there's a there's a slew. I mean, so many there's so much competition out there to be strength and conditioning and sports conditioning and sports athletics and health and health and nutrition and all this other stuff. All these people with degrees coming out of these universities, ready to help and guide uh, young athletes to be better athletes, is just remarkable. And it's it's paying dividends, man. It's watching watching professional sports now. Like yeah, it don't look like it did 20 years ago. <laughs> at any level, whether it's football, basketball, baseball still looks the same. <laughs> Those guys haven't changed much. The game of baseball is regressed, in my opinion, uh, thanks to analytics. Hockey, I mean, they, they just everything's just they just look different. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what what it looks like next year. But again, uh, we'll have more for the uh, for the Arizona Wildcats football program. And what their 2022 season looks like again. The uh, the spring game coming up in just a little over a month. Hope to see y'all there. Um, and uh, should be getting you know fun getting a first look at all those wonderful freshmen that have come in with that highly ranked class that uh, Jed Fish brought in, and some of the transfers, the number two ranked transfer class in the conference as well. All big time news and, uh, and great things for this program. We're going to take a timeout. We'll be right back. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do it. Let's give away some tickets to go see Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood. What's the name of the the uh, the tour? It's like the Bad guys feeling good or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's the uh, the Crazy Times Tour is what it is. The Crazy Times Tour. It's going to be at the Akshin Pavilion here in Phoenix on September 7th. You can be caller number three right now at 520-719-1490. Caller number three at 520-719-1490. Call now. Get yourself some tickets to go see Sammy Hagar, the uh, the rocker himself. There's only one way to rock and it's at the Crazy Times Tour with Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood. That's going to be a good show. I may have to go to that show myself. It'll probably be a little bit warm out there, but, uh, hey, it's worth it, right? Sammy Hagar probably making his last run or maybe second-to-last run through Phoenix, and uh, a lot of of good hits. I mean, back from his days at Montrose and Bad Motor Scooter and good stuff. And then, of course, George Thorogood can still – he can still rip it, man. I I love that guy. He's he's, – He's a lot of fun. I saw him in concert. Like, you never know which George Thorogood you're going to get. Are you going to get drunk George Thorogood who goes out there and just kind of riffs on his own? Or are you going to get really drunk George Thorogood who goes out there and just completely shreds his guitar to pieces? Like, eh, that, that's those are the two choices you get with George. <laughs> so, caller number three, 520 you're going to win yourself a pair of tickets. And we also have tickets throughout the rest of the week to give away as well. So, if you didn't win them today... Stay tuned Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and uh, still have a chance to win those tickets. You know, it's been a while. We, we, we didn't we, – I didn't even get a chance to talk with you guys about Super Bowl and all this other stuff when I took 
my time off. But one thing that hasn't changed is Aaron Rodgers' non-committal to which team he's going to be playing for. It the saga continues. <laughs> like um, I know that that Green Bay is is making him an offer, and it's just a ridiculous, you know, highest-paid player in the NFL. He's going to play into his forties in Green Bay kind of offer. I don't know how they can do this, to be honest with you. I mean, they're already, what, $17 million over the cap or 20 – sorry, $27, $27 million over the cap right now. Obviously, you would restructure and all this other stuff. Um, but, look, it, it, this is a situation where the cap isn't high enough for the demand. Like, I don't know. Aaron, Rod, Aaron and Devontae Adams want to play together. They also want to be the highest-paid players of their position. Guess what, Aaron and Devontae? That's not going to happen unless you get to play in like, oh, maybe like Houston. Maybe the Houston Texans will say, we will allow you, and this is, this is me just being hypothetical. This is not really going to happen. This is not what I think is going to happen. Trust me. Um, but an organization like the Texans is stupid enough to do this, to give Aaron Rodgers $45 million and to give Devontae Adams $38 million and say, okay, there's $83 million against our $112 million cap, so we have $41 million to spend on the other 51 players on our roster. Uh, you, you can do the math. It doesn't matter where you graduated from or what public school system you emerged from. That's less than a million dollars per player for the remainder of your roster. Guess what? <laughs> your quarterback going to be laying flat on his back, and you're going to have every team in the league bracket coveraging uh, on, on Devontae Adams because you don't have another option to throw the football to. So if Aaron and Devontae want to play together, uh, you know, for another four years, five years or whatever, you can't be the highest paid players of your position either. You're going to have to decide what you want to do. It's either or, man. Like, you can't, you can't be both. Sorry. And – when and if, I should say if, because it, it's still a possibility that they don't, but I think they will. I think the Packers are going to tag Devontae Adams. They're going to put the, 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 the franchise tag on him. Um, that uh, the, the tag deadline is tomorrow, I think at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, so I think they'll tag him, and that's going to piss him off, and he's going to leave immediately after that unless they can money whip him and uh, you know convince him to stay. Players like, like him don't like to be tagged. Like, I remember, I remember years ago, Aeneas Williams here with the Arizona Cardinals. Back then, it might even have been the Phoenix Cardinals back then. Aeneas Williams, all-pro player, perennial all-pro, great guy, fantastic player. He went to the Cardinals, and he said, I will sign a deal. I, I will sign a deal, and I will give you guys a hometown discount. I have to be paid, you know, yada, yada, because, look, I'm a member of the union, and they, you know, I'm required Essentially, I have I have a fiduciary to be one of the highest paid players so that I don't just tank the you know tank the pay scale for everybody else in my position. Okay? He said he goes all I want you to do, just please whatever you do don't tag me, don't put a franchise tag on me. This is when tags were pretty new uh, to the NFL. What do the Cardinals do? They put a franchise tag on him. What did Aeneas Williams do? The following year, he left with middle fingers, both of them, in the air to the Arizona Cardinals saying, you had your chance. I was going to give you the hometown discount, and now I'm going to go play for the St. Louis Rams, and I'm going to go win two championships, <laughs> which he did. Because Aeneas Williams is, 
you know, is is that type of guy. Like he was like, I'm going to give you the hometown. Just just don't tag me. And I remember having that discussion. Like he, he, the one thing he wanted was to not be tagged, and the Cardinals did it anyway. Devontae Adams has said, don't tag me. Just we'll figure something out, but don't tag me. The Packers are going to tag Devontae Adams, and he's going to get pissed. And I'm imagining that he will leave both middle fingers in the air next year when he's an unrestricted free agent and go wherever the hell he pleases for whatever money, whatever team is offering to give him. And then what? Aaron Rodgers will have his contract, and he'll, he'll, he'll think that he's got his guy, and yet there goes Devontae Adams off to the promised land because, in my opinion, Devontae Adams is more about the money than anything else. And that's okay. Look, I mean, there are plenty of people in, in, you know, in their profession that are just in it for the money. That's fine. Uh, some people are in it for other things, you know. And, and in sports, it's easy to, um, you know, it's easy for us to to kind of look at these things like, well, uh, you know, this guy wants to play for championships. You know, working at your accountant job, you don't get a championship, right? Like you know, like you're just showing up every day for the paycheck kind of thing. So it's easy for us to say like, well, you know, of course everybody else just shows up for the paycheck. There's nothing else to play for, nothing else to work for. It's not totally true, but still. Uh, I think Devontae Adams is more of like, ah, I'm just here for the money kind of thing. Which, again, is fine. I, I'm, I will never – you'll never hear me talk about somebody who's like, oh, he, he shouldn't take the money. He should stay here for less. Never, ever, 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 ever would I ever say that. Now, I will chastise teams for overpaying players because I'm like, you guys didn't have to pay that guy that much money. He would have stayed for less or you could have moved on without him and signed two guys to take up his spot or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But I'll never, ever, ever chastise a player for taking the money. That's team wants to pay you, take the money, man. I learned in this business a long time ago from a guy who had been in this business a long time before me, a very, very wise person in the business. And he says, "There are very two, he said, Jeff, there are going to be very few times in this business, in this industry, when you have the hammer. And if you have the hammer, swing it. Okay? So... I swung the hammer. I got the, I got the hammer once. I swung that hammer one time. Felt good. <laughs> and then, oh, what the hell, about uh, 11 months later. Not my fault, but things happen. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll continue more here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, Arizona FanDuel is giving you the chance to shoot threes on the Suns' home court. Just visit, head up here to Phoenix to visit the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Footprint Center. They actually have a sportsbook in the in the Footprint Center. Uh, anytime between March 13th and March 17th, so over the next uh, you know, next week, essentially, place any $100 or more bet on the bracket, on the NCAA bracket, with at least plus 400 odds. And then you can register at FanDuel.com slash Phoenix to get your spot on the court. Now, again, you will not be seeing me there shooting threes. If you're expecting to see me there shooting three ball, no, not going to happen. I, it's, it's an ugly sight. You don't want to see it. I'd rather shoot free throws or half-court shots and just have fun doing that than trying to legitimately shoot threes. I'm terrible, to be honest with you. But if you're even remotely better than, uh, than I am, you'll have a shot at this, and, and you'll go there and have some fun. 
Plus, you can join them for the opening night uh, of the opening nights of games for Thursday and Friday's uh, opening night games at the FanDuel Sportsbook right there on the outdoor terrace. It's beautiful uh, right there at America's number one sportsbook. They've got over 40 televisions for you to enjoy all of the games on. Now, if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up online using my promo. Go to the, you know, just download the app. It's real simple. Uh, but download the, uh, the app. Use my promo code DEAN when you sign up, D-E-A-N, and you'll get your first online bet, uh, online bet risk-free up to $1,000. It's <laughs> like, like I wasn't given that opportunity to do it when I signed up for FanDuel. I didn't have a promo code to give, so I didn't get a $1,000 risk-free bet to just drop a grand on whomever and then get a grand back. <laughs> you can use my promo code when you sign up, promo code Dean, D-E-A-N. Put your basketball shooting skills to the test on March 17th. Go to FanDuel.com slash Phoenix to get your spot on the court and learn more today. 21 and over in present in Arizona. In-person wager at Footprint Center is required. Shootout occurs on 317 from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. Congratulations to our winner of the, uh, of the Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood tickets, Keith Harrell. Of Marana, Keith Harrell of Marana was a very excited winner of those uh, Sammy Hagar tickets. You can go watch the uh, the blonde rocker and uh, there on the stage at the Ak Chin Pavilion. That's going to be on September seventh. Again, we'll have tickets to give away all week: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four more chances to win. Be listening for your chance to win. We had a ton. Of, Mary said we had a ton of calls. So uh, that's good. That's good. The competition is high, and people want to see those tickets. Mary and I were talking uh, rock bands and metal off the air. And just talking about how difficult it is for great rock bands to continue to be great over over the decades. And I talked about Metallica, and many people talk about Metallica in that in that sense. I mean, they've been putting out albums for this is their fifth decade putting out albums now. Like it's it's remarkable. Uh, you know, started in 1979 with Kill 'Em All. It's now two, 2022, so they're going to have albums in five decades. They're still touring, and. You know, it's like you know. Mary brought up the, the you know the fact that when people say, "Oh, we're going to play our new stuff," and nobody wants to hear that, like Metallica is a little different. Like when Metallica says we're going to play our new stuff, people are like, "Cool!" Like, yeah, I, I, like I'm okay with that. Like, I want you to still play one and Master of Puppets and you know, uh, you know, Sanitarium and all that stuff. I want to hear, although they don't play Sanitarium all that often. Uh, Kirk doesn't like the uh, the solo. It's a difficult solo for him to play, I guess. So he doesn't like it too much. But they don't play it that often. But regardless. Uh, I'm a huge Metallica fan, in case you didn't know. It's just a big disclaimer here. Um, but like Sammy Hagar, you know, unmistakable voice, right? Unmistakable voice. You hear that that wailing tenor voice, and you know it's Sammy. And I remember back in the day when Van Halen had their split and David Lee Roth took off, and, you know, I was pretty young, and David Lee Roth put out that solo album that was awful, and... Uh, and Sammy Hagar came in and replaced, you know, David Lee Roth with uh, with Van Halen. And I was like, that's like the perfect fit. Like, to me, I was like, that's perfect. Like, this is going to be awesome. And then they kind of went soft a little bit. And you're like, oh, they're making, like, wedding music. And you're like, guys, let's uh, let's rock a little bit here. And then they put out some really good albums. And I, I still enjoy the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen. Huge Van Halen fan as well. Another band that transcends time. Uh, they're just they're, they're just amazing, regardless of what album they put out, except for the Gary Sharon album, uh, but I won't go there. So, again, we'll have plenty of uh, Sammy Hagar tickets to give away throughout the week. Stay tuned for that. Um, so I mentioned, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I, 
I do believe that he will re-sign with the Green Bay Packers because I think every other team, I think the other 30 teams have jumped off like jumped off the interest ship. Like they're like, mm, like we're really not interested anymore. Like this little dog and pony show that you're putting on, not interested any longer. Like we're we don't want what you're selling. So you can stay in Green Bay. Denver is still like, ooh, 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 over here. We'll, we'll take you. So I guess it leaves the you know the question: Where is Aaron Rodgers' best opportunity to win a championship? That's what he's here for, I think. Is it? I mean, he's changed into such a weird individual over the last couple of years. He's changed so much, uh, you know, like emotionally. Uh, I, I, I maybe that's maybe that's not what he cares about. He really wants to be family and where things are zen for him. I, uh, you know, he just he's turned into you know. One of those kind of people. And that's fine. You can be that kind of person. Uh, I don't appreciate him going out there and and doing his 12-day cleanse or whatever he said it was and then blasting out on Twitter this long thing. Like, it didn't sound like – I remember reading it. Uh, my uh, good good buddy of mine is a huge Packers fan. It's the only thing he ever – I swear to God, it's the only sport he pays attention to is Green Bay Packer football. It's, it, nothing else. Like, he, if you want to talk Suns basketball with him, he's like – who are the sons? Not really that, you know, drastic, but you know what I mean. So he is so dialed in. He reads everything. And and he shows me the, the Instagram post. He's like, check this out. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like he's retiring. It sounds like he's about to commit suicide. Like, the way that he was talking is like, because he, he talked about Shailene Woodley, his, his now, you know, ex-fiancé. And talk about, oh, you know, I want to thank her for all the love that she showed me. She made me a better person while I was with her, blah, 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 and my family and this and that, and to my teammates. and that, you know. Like, it didn't sound like he was retiring because he was making it very personal. There was a lot of non-football discussion going on in that post. And then, you know, there were ten photos in the, in the Instagram, uh, you know, slideshow or whatever you want to call it. The tenth photo was a picture of Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb in the in the the anthem line, okay, with a big space in the middle of them where Aaron Rodgers normally stands, and that was his final photo of the IG post. And it's like, are are you gone? Like, are you leaving the Packers? Are you leaving football? Are you leaving Earth? Like, what what are you doing? I'm so sick of this. Like, I'm done. Like, let's. I I, I promise you this. I promise you this. This will be the last time we talk about Aaron Rodgers until he actually signs a contract somewhere because I'm done. Like, I I know I said this before. <laughs> I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm one of those people, like, you can ask my parents or anybody I've ever been, you know, involved with family-wise or, or relationship-wise. Like, I'll say my piece and walk away and to be done with it. Okay, we're done with this. And then I come right I, – I turn around and I come right back in. Oh, and another thing. Blah, 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 blah. People like my parents were just expected. Like when I was a kid, I would do it too. In an argument with my parents, and <laughs> walk away. And be like there, take that. I walk away, and I come back. Oh, and another thing. La 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 la. They just knew. They they just knew it was coming. Like I just. I always have something else to say. So, I mean it this time. This is really it. Like I'm not going to talk Aaron Rodgers until the next time when he signs. I'll be like, oh, by the way. Aaron Rodgers has signed a contract, a five-year deal with the Green Bay Packers. He's going to return. This is the amount of money that he's going to be making. The Packers are now blah, blah, blah over the cap, and will they have enough room to sign Devontae Adams? That'll be it. No more speculation. I'm done because, there's, in my opinion and the opinion of the beat writers and the insiders out there, the other 30 teams are done as well. Like They're like, we're not interested in what you're selling. It's just the Packers and the Broncos. 
So either go to the AFC where you're going to be the fifth best quarterback in the league or stay in the NFC, possibly force your team to put the franchise tag on your favorite wide receiver, pissing him off and ensuring that he won't be there in the following four years of your, the final four years of your contract and be, you know, the second best quarterback in the NFC behind Trey Lance. All right, we're going to take a timeout. A lot of people were like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jeff, you had to do that. Had to go there with the Trey Lance thing, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, one quarterback that I will be talking about is Jimmy Garoppolo because, you know, I, I have my thoughts on where I think that he should end up, and I think a perfect fit for him would be Pittsburgh. That's just – that's my thoughts. I, and, I, you know, I could go on and on about that and why, but we don't have that kind of time. You don't want to listen to it anyway. So we'll take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Final segment, today's edition of the uh, the Jeff Dean Show. Glad to be back on the air with you guys. Looking forward to many, many more great mornings with y'all. And uh, speaking of uh, great mornings, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson invites you to the Tucson St. Patrick's Day Parade and Festival. That's uh, this Saturday, uh, March 12th at 10 a.m. at Armory Park. The parade is going to start at 1030 uh, at Stone and 17th. You can join us for the festival afterwards with live music from Katie's Randy Cat, Nancy McCallion, Heather Hardy, and more. There will also be Irish dancers, family entertainment, a complete kids area for the kiddos, food, and lots of Irish fun. To uh, download the map and to get more information, just go to ESPNTucson.com. We got you covered. Uh, okay, some of the responses to the, uh, the Twitter poll here. We have 144 votes on the poll since it opened uh, just about a little over an hour ago on should Arizona basketball tank the Pac-12 tournament. 9% of you of the 144 voters say tank it. The other 91% of you say win the damn thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's right on par with where I think we should be. Some of the comments. Lori says, um, he, uh, imagine pulling shenanigans like tanking. Honestly, there would be a mutiny. Imagine telling DT to tank dale and terry yeah dale and terry not not about that action javier morales good friend uh says that momentum going into the ncaa is tur- uh, tournament is overrated look at arizona's 96 97 title title team touche uh but you need to win the games you should to keep the ball rolling totally agree um jordan says with the amount of disrespect for west coast basketball and early loss in the tournament could cost them a one seed in march madness it's possible but I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like, if if Kansas maybe, you know, if Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament, they move up into a one seed, knocking Baylor out. If Tennessee wins the SEC tournament, knocking, ten, knocking Kentucky out of the one seed and them moving up into the one seed, maybe then that's a recipe for disaster there for Arizona. But, uh, I mean, personally, I, I think that Arizona's got, got it locked up regardless. Um, and, of course, many of you that are commenting on this, say, we'll likely be playing ASU in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament anyway. Let's end their season. <laughs> and I am all on board with that. That's even better. 
Yeah, when I saw that ASU was going to secure the eight seed, I was like, yep, that figures. <laughs> that sounds about right. We're going to get to play them for a third time. Uh, and look, they're, they're playing good good basketball right now. They're, you could argue that they're one of the top four teams in the conference right now, the way they're playing. They've won seven of their last eight and uh, playing good ball. They've got some talent. You know, they got all those tra- transfers and uh, playing good ball. They're, not, they're able to actually score now. So, Oregon, by the way, good Lord. Nice effort on the final game of the season, losing by, what, what, what 20 to Washington State. <laughs> Woo! Had some interesting conversations on Saturday about Oregon basketball, to be honest with you. We were talking with some people, and uh, some people aren't, some of the people in the Pac-12 aren't as surprised as others are with Tony Stubblefield leaving the program and taking all his money with him. (laughs) All right, well, that's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the buttons and uh, keeping me on the air here. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in and interacting on Twitter at UAZ Voice as well. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6, and I will see you guys again tomorrow, bright and early on a Tuesday at 7 a.m. for the next edition of the Jeff Dean Show, right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanka Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson.